Welcome to Leaves That Blew Away, the serials, where we retell stories from the Bible simply. I'm your host, Todd Allen. Check out our main podcast for frank and engaging discussions about culture, current events, and intimate conversations with regular people just like us, who open up and tell us their stories. Today, we're going to jump into Luke 5, reading from The Message. Once, when Jesus was standing on the shore of Lake Gennesaret, the crowd was pushing in on him to better hear the word of God. He noticed two boats tied up. The fishermen had just left them and were out scrubbing their nets. He climbed into the boat that was Simon's and asked him to put out a little from shore. Sitting there, using the boat for a pulpit, he taught the crowd. When he finished teaching, he said to Simon, Push out into deep water and let your nets out for a catch. Simon said, Master, we've been fishing hard all night and haven't caught even a minnow. But if you say so, I'll let out the nets. It was no sooner said than done. A huge haul of fish, straining the nets past capacity. They waved to their partners in the other boat to come help them. They filled both boats, nearly swamping them with the catch. Simon Peter, when he saw it, fell to his knees before Jesus. Master, leave. I'm a sinner and can't handle this holiness. Leave me to myself. When they pulled in that catch of fish, awe overwhelmed Simon and everyone with him. It was the same with James and John, Zebedee's sons, co-workers with Simon. Jesus said to Simon, There is nothing to fear. From now on, you'll be fishing for men and women. They pulled their boats up on the beach, left them, nets and all, and followed him. Luke 5, 1-11 in The Message He'd been up all night. Gentle waves lapped at the shore, and the boat rocked to an easy rhythm in the warm afternoon sun. The teacher had been telling stories and answering questions for the better part of three hours since he had asked Simon Peter to push out a little from shore so he could use the boat as a pulpit. The people in the crowd had been so anxious to see him and hear him and touch him, they had pushed Jesus ankle-deep into the water. The boat was better. And though Peter had worked through the night, he hadn't nodded off. He was alert and engaged, captivated by this healer, this Jesus now standing in the bow of his boat just a few feet away. Jesus wasn't a stranger to Peter. He had come to teach at the local meeting place in Peter's hometown of Capernaum. Peter would never forget that Sabbath. A crazed, demon-possessed man had leapt up suddenly, shouting at Jesus and screaming his body jerking in strange, inhuman movements. His voice sounded like the bleeding of a goat. I know you, Nazarene. I know what you're up to. The Holy One of God come to destroy us. But Jesus had stopped the man and shut him up with a word. Quiet. And the man stopped as suddenly as he had started. He just stood in the center of the meeting place, staring wide-eyed and panting with his tongue hanging out of his mouth, drooling foam. Leave him, Jesus had said simply, and the man dropped to the floor suddenly like he was dead. Later, after the meeting was over and the people had dispersed, Peter had worked up the courage to approach the teacher and ask him to come help his mother-in-law, who had the fever. Jesus had come, 
He had taken the woman's hand in one hand and placed the other on her forehead. Leave her. The same simple command. Her fever was suddenly gone. And a few minutes later, she was up making them dinner. Later, after sundown, people from all over town started showing up at Peter's home, bringing their sick with them. And for hours, Jesus healed them all. Peter had known that day there was something special about Jesus the Nazarene. Peter's mind snapped out of his reverie when Jesus called his name. Teacher, Peter responded. Let's push out deeper and let the nets down and catch some fish, Jesus said. Peter was confused. He looked behind him at the sea stretching out to the horizon. There wasn't a fishing boat in sight. Then he looked up at the afternoon sun still high in the sky. Master, he said finally, we fished all night and didn't even get a bite. Fish aren't feeding in the middle of the day. We're all tired and the nets are cleaned. Jesus just looked at Peter, his eyes shining in the bright Galilean sun. I have a good feeling, he said. One corner of his mouth turned up in a smile. Peter knew it was pointless. A hopeless endeavor. And he also knew he would do it. There was just something about this Jesus. He made you want to believe. If you say so, Master, let's go fishing. It's impossible to convey exactly what happened next. Years later, Peter would drift off in thought, trying to remember it more clearly. The nets had just dropped below the surface of the water, and the entire boat shuddered. Peter was nearly knocked off his feet. It felt like a whale had hit the bottom of the boat. And in the bow of the boat, Jesus' smile had grown into laughter. Maybe you've been in the same boat with Peter. You're not a stranger to Jesus. Perhaps you've been around Jesus nearly all your life. You've heard him preached, and you know some of his teachings. Maybe you even had a front row seat to someone he's touched. You know there's something to this Jesus who's been rattling around the margins of your life, but you're not exactly sure what to make of him. Maybe you prayed a prayer as a child, but that feels like a lifetime ago. He doesn't have much to do with your everyday life of going to work and picking up the kids and swinging the golf clubs on Saturday mornings. Still, you haven't let him go. There's something about him. Something that causes you to hold on when most would have already let go. You've heard the stories from preachers or missionaries, but you're neither of those. You're a reasonable person living in the real world, and you like your religion reasonable and predictable and easy. Just one more layer to life. Something to bring the family together on Sunday mornings. But lately, you've felt something stirring inside. Strange thoughts haunt you when you slow down enough to notice. So you try to stay busy. Still, there's something out there. Or someone. The whisper of something more. It makes you uneasy. This voice just beyond your hearing. Jesus is calling you. Urging you to push out into deeper water, to take a step of faith that every other part of your mind is telling you is insane. You try to ignore him, to drown him out, but late at night, when the shows are off and the kids are asleep, you sense him. You feel him bearing down on you. Push out deeper. Let the nets down. Let's see what's waiting when you're out of your own comfort zone, out of your depth. 
C.S. Lewis captured it perfectly in his essay, A Slip of the Tongue. This is my endlessly recurrent temptation, to go down to that sea, I think St. John of the Cross called God a sea, and there neither dive, nor swim, nor float, but only dabble and splash, careful not to get out of my depth, and holding on to the lifeline which connects me with a life I've always known on the shore. It is a remarkable fact that on this subject, heaven and hell speak with one voice. The tempter tells me, take care, think how much this good resolve, the acceptance of this grace is going to cost. But our Lord equally tells us to count the cost. Even in human affairs, great importance is attached to the agreement of those whose testimony hardly ever agrees. Hear more. Between them, it would seem pretty clear that paddling is of little consequence. What matters, what heaven desires and hell fears, is precisely that further step, out of our depth, out of our own control. Thanks for joining me today. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Leaves That Blew Away. Make sure to subscribe and share the story with your family and friends. May the God of all hope bless you and take these seeds we're scattering and use them for his harvest. See you next time.